Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Have your Bibles. Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We'll be ministering more than likely one final time. We'll be leaving in a few weeks. And so just continue to pray that everything goes well with all the churches that are going out in the next few months. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. The story goes of two pilots. They're flying together in this one aircraft. And as they're flying, they begin to fall into a, a tremendous turbulence. As they're trying to maneuver through this turbulence, they're going through the clouds and they feel the, you know, the turbulence in the plane. They begin to suffer mechanical issues. A few things go off here, a few buzzers here. They continue trying to maneuver this plane together through the turbulence. And as they're making their way to their destination, their electrical goes out. Now their GPS of how far or how close they are to their destination is lost. And now their support with ground support, the communication goes out. Well, here these both pilots quickly begin to take action. They begin to recommend to each other what they should do. One pilot says, you know what, I recommend we go down a thousand feet to go under this turbulence and we'll be able to see better and maneuver this plane. While the other insisted that they stay at the height they're in and go through this. So picture these both pilots, they're fighting now. No, I think we should do this. No, I think we should do that. As they continue to fly through the turbulence, the story says, 
They're both now fighting for control of the aircraft. As they're fighting now for control of the aircraft, little do they know they're just, they're just a few feet away from crashing their plane into the mountains. I share that story with you tonight because that right there paints a picture of us on one side of the aircraft and God on the other seat. We have one hand on the steering wheel of the plane wanting to navigate our life. How do we get out of this turbulence while God is on the other side wanting to take control and navigate your life through the turbulence? But little do we see as we're fighting for control with God, that we don't see the danger that lies ahead. I'm going to minister a sermon out of Romans chapter 8 on the power of control. Romans 8 verses 1 through 9. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Verse 5 now, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. The power of control. Let's look firstly at control. Here in our text, seven times the word control or controlled is mentioned. And it's speaking in the terms of what we allow ourselves to be involved in, but also what can happen when we give ourselves to those things. Definition of control is to be in charge of, to be in control, or to have authority over. I mean, on this evening, control is something that you and I all possess this evening. Control is a powerful source that human beings have. You don't believe me? You and I have the ability tonight to control our own lives. You have the ability to control your own decision makings. What you want to do tomorrow, what you want to eat tonight, right? What you want out of life, your needs, you can choose what you want to involve yourself with, whether that be in relationships, groups, religion, habits. All of us here have the ability to choose who you want to be, what you want to do, and when you want to do it. 
We see this in the very first book in the Bible with Adam and Eve, right? God made them in his image, perfect. Gave them rules, common sense. Yet they had the ability to make their own decision, to take control of their decision. See, interesting, when you read about control and what it is and to the human heart and what it does to us, they say control gives off independency. Article says control feels good because it makes us believe that we aren't under someone else's control. It makes you feel good when you make decisions on your own, doesn't it? Like, man, I got to choose what I want to do today. I got to choose what I wanted to eat or what I wanted to go to school for, what, I, what job I wanted. And after you succeed in those, then you're able to be satisfied in your accomplishments. Like, look how I got myself here. Look where I've got myself out of. Look at what I've done. See, control gives off this independency like, man, I don't need no one. I don't need church. I don't need God. I don't need religion. Right? It's the rich young ruler in all of us that always at certain age in life want to take control of our own life. Right? It's at that age where you think you know what you want now. That age where you want to go and experience life, spread your wings like a dove. Or do whatever you want. Prove people wrong. That you don't have to be under control of no one else. We know this with most of us being raised in church. We want to control what area in our life God can be in control of. Right? We don't really want to fully surrender and be fully dependent on God. Because if it doesn't work, so we give little control to God while we hold on to most of the control. See, control takes on the form of power. Another definition of control is to have charge or authority over. This is why you hear of wars and you see it with Russia and Ukraine and all types of nations in this world. It's it's all for power, right? Russia wants power over Ukraine. It wants power over nations because of its resources. And so the more control you have over a certain area of life, the more powerful you become. This is how it makes you feel. The thought of being in control is powerful. Let's counteract that. The thought of not being in control of your life makes you feel weak, right? It makes you feel vulnerable. It makes you feel unstable. Yeah, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work. Well, if I don't take control of this, so therefore, the need for control is a must in our life. It's a priority to some. There's an article that says human beings have a deep-seated desire for certainty and control. Several studies show this need serves an important purpose. First, it helps us believe that we can shape outcomes and events to our liking. That is, the more in control we feel, the more effective we feel about achieving the outcomes we desire. And this sense of competence boosts the well-being. That is what control does. That it serves as an important purpose. That as long as you're in control, you can now foresee the future. 
Now you say, okay, if I take control of this and I know then this is what I'm going to do, this is who I'm going to marry, this is what I'm going to be like in 20 years, and whoo, life is perfect because I'm controlling the narrative. You know, life doesn't always go as planned. See, but control gives off a sense of security. If I do this, then this will be the outcome. Right? You see this in relationships. One is the controlling one. Right? One wants to dictate who you can talk to, where you can eat, where you're going to work. Because if I don't control them, then they'll leave me. They'll find someone else. So therefore, I have to control. Right? I have to be in control of the finances. Well, you don't even know what two plus two is. It doesn't matter. Right? This is why husbands have a hard time giving things off to the wife because then they feel as if I'm losing control. I'm losing power. I'm losing security. And so the thought of you releasing control to someone else makes you vulnerable. Most Americans don't like change very much unless it's on the terms that they manage and control. And they now have the resources and the technology to manage their lives on the basis of control more and more. And now it's a lot easier to get what you want, to find what you want because of technology. Right before, maybe it would have been a little more difficult to go out and find someone and find that security again because you lost it and, you know, I got to get back control of my life. Now it's a lot easier. Now you can mess up, find another job. Now you can be foolish with one thing and then, you know, I can make up for it and take control again. There's power with control. So let's look secondly at the unseen effect then that control has. The truth is we are all the type that wants to be in control. And the thing with control is most of us that like to be in control and want to be in control, we don't intend on hurting anyone, right? We don't intend on hurting others. We don't intend on hurting ourselves. But what we don't realize is that for every decision you choose to make, everything you choose to control, there is, un, there is an unseen effect going on. There's a spiritual realm involved. And there is a spiritual application involved in every decision that you and I make. Look at our text, verse 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Our text is revealing something here. Power and sin and death. It is saying that there is power behind the sin we choose to involve ourselves with. In other words, sin is not just an object, right? It's not just here, okay, that sin, I don't do that. That sin, I don't go near that. Right? We like to label things as sin, compare them to one another. But listen, sin goes beyond the physical. Sin is disobedience to God. Things you know you need to let go of. Control that you still have and refuse to let go of. And now when you deny that ability to release control, there is a spiritual application involved. And our text says 
There is now power behind those decisions. See, control this evening brings destruction. Our text says, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That in other words, sin will eventually destroy your life. It will bring destruction to your life. I mean, you know, drug addicts are not born drug addicts, right? People in prison are not born in prison, right? They're not there by accident. But it was the sin that released the destruction on their life. It's the story of Pharaoh. Here's a man who had control of the children of Israel, and God would send plague after plague. Let them go, Pharaoh. Let go of your control over my people. And he refused and refused and refused. And what happens? He brings destruction to his own kingdom, to his own people, and to his own family. Because control brings destruction. And Pharaoh is a picture of a lot of our lives, isn't it? And you've controlled your life up to this point. You control every decision you make. God can challenge you month after month, week after week of, hey, let go of this. This is not right. And we refuse, we refuse, and we bring destruction, not only to our life, but to others around us. You see this in marriages. Their homes can be falling apart. Their spouse is, everyone in the house is walking on eggshells because of that person's control, because of their demands and verbal abuse and wanting to control everything in the home. And yet they won't release it. They won't give their marriage to God. They won't seek counsel, not willing to admit or fix. And it brings destruction to the home. But that person thinks, this is how I'm holding it together. Pharaoh thinks, as long as I keep them, they're mine. Pharaoh, you're losing everything around you. Drug addicts, you see them, like, bro, let it go. Let it go. And it keeps destroying their lives. See, when you are controlled by your flesh, it gives room for sin. And when you allow sin into your life, our text now describes, not only does it have power over your life, but it now affects your mind. Look at verses 5 and 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. That goes to those, I don't know why, Pastor, I always think these carnal things. I don't know why I always think about going back and having another sip. And our text says, when you're dominated by the sinful nature, you think about sinful things. Then it says, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, there is someone that's released control to God, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. It's saying someone that's willingly letting them have control. 
our text shows is what we involve ourselves in is what begins to dominate your thoughts. It's what you think about. I don't know why, Pastor, I have mind battles. I don't know why it always comes back to me. Every time I feel, it's just, have you surrendered? Have you given control to the Holy Spirit? That's why Orlando says in his testimony, he was always thinking of where I'm going to get my next hit, right? Because now the sinful nature controls your mind. Now it's what you think about. Now it's who you want to talk to, who you want to text again, where you want to go again, because it's in you still. You haven't let go of control. The danger is it becomes who you are, whether you like it or not. You think, I can have a grip over this. I can have a grip over my choices, but yet it dominates your mind. In all actuality, sin and the habits have a grip on you. You think to yourself, you know what, when and where and how long will be when I say. Little do you know, you're responding to your sinful nature. The Apostle Paul shares this battle as a Christian. That he's trying to do right. And what does he say? There is that war within me, in my mind. Romans 7, 23 and 24. He says, this power, there's that word again makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. And look at this part. I've been there. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? There's some of you here tonight. You feel like that. Oh, what a miserable person I am. You're not happy because your mind is dominated by your sinful nature. You want this, you want that, you know you can't, you know you should wait. And here you have this lie where you're in the house of God where there's peace, where there's freedom, where there's joy, where there's love, and yet you're dominated in your mind, which causes you to be unhappy. Why? Because you cannot control sin. Sin controls you. And that is the danger when you refuse to let go of control. That's the danger when you choose to hold on and you're in this plane and I got it, I'll figure it out. You don't see the destruction that lies ahead. Another thing our text reveals is that we are weak people. Verse 3, the law of Moses, he says, was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. People here would try to live up to the laws of Moses. They made sacrifices for their sins, but they kept falling and finding it was too hard to keep the laws. People would be plagued by their own bad decisions over and over. And God saw that mankind cannot obey the law by their own ability because they're weak. That's why God sent his son to break that power over sin. This is why you hear people, they say, I, 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 it's hard to stop, Pastor. It's hard to stop doing drugs and alcohol and the pornography. I can't. Why? Because there's power behind the sin. And until you surrender to God, that power over sin is not released to you. 
God says, for this reason, I gave my son to die on the cross to break that power over sin. So that in your weakness, he is made strong. So that in your ability to not overcome things, when you surrender it to God, you can leave set free. The day I answered the altar call at 21 years old, I walked away no more craving the urge to smoke and to do drugs. But yet so many people walk out of this church or live in this world saying, I just, I want to stop. I try for six months, then I go back. What you're looking at is a life that is unsurrendered to God. That somewhere in their life, they still want to have control over their decisions. 1 John 5, 19, it says, We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under control of the evil one. Look at that. It's saying of the reality we live in. See, this evening, we are not really in control of what we think we're in control of. You think you can stop whenever you want. But I say to you tonight, prove it. Show others. Serve God. Live clean. If you're in control of your life, prove it. A life that is not surrendered to God cannot overcome sin by themselves. You need the power of God involved in your life to break through. The fourth thing of con what control has, it has the ability to pull you away from God. Verse 7 and 8, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. It's in us, church. We are all born sinners. It's in us to want to do what we want, what pleases us, to take control. It's a battle that you and I will always have to face. The difference is, is what you and I allow to rule our lives, to rule our decision-making. It's there where you'll find it very hard to serve God by what you allow to rule. Those that struggle staying saved, those that struggle with commitments, committing themselves, are those that are under the control, the Bible says, of their sinful nature. And that you give it access to your life. That as long as you allow this in your life, you're always going to find yourself distant from God. I don't know why God doesn't speak. I don't know why I don't feel God. I don't know why I don't feel his presence. I don't know why I, don't feel, I feel distant. It has to do with who has control over your life. So let's look lastly then at giving up control. See, when you give up control, it brings relief. Verses 1 of our main text and verse 6 so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. There was the relief that so many of us have felt at one point of our lives. The relief from problems and consequences and strongholds is held up by what you choose to release to God. Our text says... When you allow your mind to be controlled by the Spirit of God, it brings peace. 
You want peace, beloved? Give God full control. Psalms 46.10, let go of your concerns. Then you will know that I am God. I rule the nations and I rule the earth. That every day you and I have to decide who's going to be in control of my life. You or God. Every day. Decision after decision over finances, over the marriage, over relationships, over things in your life. Who's in control? I want to do this. I think I should do this. But wait, what does God say? Is that the right thing to do? Would God honor that? Would God bless that? We have to come to the reality this evening that we need God to be fully in control of our lives. We don't need half of God this evening. We need all of him. We don't come to church and to the altar to lay off half control. Okay, God, I'm here. I'll give you some of this, but first prove to me that you can do miracles, God, and then I'll give you more control. Well, wait a minute. If you like where the plane is going, then every day. One of the reasons why people battle with anxiety and stress is because they try to control everything in their life. We try to control things that only God can do. God can fix. And our text shows that there is relief when you surrender your life fully to God. Because when God is in control, then there's no need to panic, is there? There's no need to worry because you're in relationship with him. He knows what we need. He knows what you want. It's here he's waiting. Do I have control? Second thing in our text that reveals when you give up control is in giving up control, it gives you dominion. Verses 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. What you can't do on your own, what you can't stop on your own. What feels and looks like a generational curse is continuing in your life. It's played out in your life, in your family. Now, through the blood of Jesus Christ, breaks that power of sin. It breaks that generational curse that is in your life. And now it gives you dominion over that sin. It gives you dominion over your mind now, where you no longer have to think like you used to think. No longer does sin creep in into your life at night. No longer does pornography rule your mind. No longer do these sinful, lustful cravings come back to your life. Because the blood of Jesus breaks that power. Don't tell me you can't live for God. Don't tell me you can't stop. Show me who's in control of your life. You can choose to live a victorious life because our text reveals those that are dominated by sinful things are those that are controlled by them. But those that have life and peace and victory are those that are controlled by his spirit. Do you want to live in victory this evening? And the answer is give God 
control. Can you say amen? I want every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to God this evening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.